series on the authority of the believer in the earth. And in today's teaching, we want to look at specific areas that the believer can and should exercise the authority given to them by the Lord Jesus in the earth. And specifically, the areas we're going to look at is the area of sin, sickness, worry, evil, and hindrances. Those are the five main areas that we will look at uh, in today's teaching. And then we'll, we want to obviously look as well at uh, the way that we deal with it and the fact that we need to have faith in the Word of God and in the name of Jesus in order to be able to exercise our authority in these areas in the life of the believer. But there are two main ingredients that every believer must have in order for them to be able to exercise their authority in the earth. And the first ingredient is in fact knowledge. Um, because if the believer is unaware of their authority in these areas, then Satan will take advantage of the believer's ignorance in that, and Satan will then begin to, well, not only begin, but he has up to now, he will continue to you know, take advantage and oppress the believer in these particular areas. And so it's very important for all believers to understand what the Word of God says about these areas in their lives, so that they can exercise the authority that they have uh, give, that's been given to them by the Lord Jesus in these particular areas of their lives. And don't forget, in the previous teaching we spoke about the different spheres of influence that each believer does have. And so even though we can deal with Satan uh, in our own individual lives in these particular areas, uh, depending on the sphere of influence that we have, we can also be effectual in dealing with Satan in other people's lives as well. And so one of the first ingredients is obviously knowledge of what the Word of God says about these things. Uh, because as I say, if we don't know, Satan takes advantage of our ignorance and he um, just carries on as if you know he, he's basically ruling in our lives. Um, then the second uh, aspect that we must have with regards to um, the second ingredient that we have to have in order for this, these, uh, what we're going to look at today, these truths to be applicable in the life of the believer, is we must have faith in what God's Word says about the subject, and obviously faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Because even if we are aware of what God's Word does say on these areas, <coughs> or regarding these areas, but we don't exercise our faith in what God says. Well, it's, it, it's tantamount to the same thing as if we're not doing anything about it because Satan will then still take advantage of us because it's only by faith that we can um, claim the promises of God and we can uh, use the, the authority that has been given to us in the earth. And so Satan takes advantage of those who do not um, exercise faith in this in these areas and he continues to take advantage of them and exploit them in these areas and so if we're wanting to put a stop to that then we're going to have to have knowledge of what God says about them these particular areas and we're going to have to have faith in what God says so we must have faith in the Word of God and we must have faith in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ um, you will recall that our Lord Jesus, uh, when he dealt with Satan, um, he used the word of God against Satan uh, in the, the wilderness when he was tempted by 
um, the devil. That's in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4 and Mark 8. Um, and so we're wanting to look at these particular areas. We want to know what God says about them so that the believer can then exercise their faith uh, in these areas and deal with their adversary when he comes against them. But there is another aspect to it, and that is because every time, we, uh, as we go through these uh, points today, every time we use the Word of God in these areas, when Satan comes against us, we will be able to deal with him uh, if we do it in faith. But again, there's another aspect to it, and that is that there's a worldly saying that says prevention is better than cure. And so the cure is when Satan comes against us is to deal with them um, as, as per the Word of God as we'll go through it. But the, the worldly saying is actually fact, in actual fact true because prevention is better than cure. So what does that mean? It means that we are actually meant to put up our hedge of protection um, ahead of time so that Satan has no way in to us um, so that he can't really get, gain access to the life of the believer and that you know, that's a worldly term prevention is better than cure um, it is scriptural as well because in Ephesians 4:27, the scripture says give no place to the devil and so if the believer gives no place to the devil what that means is the devil has no place in their lives he cannot gain access to their lives in order to um, affect their lives from however way he would like to do so. And think about Job now. In Job chapter 1 we see very clearly um, verse 10 specifically, uh, Satan complaining to God because God had placed a hedge around Job and Satan couldn't get access to Job. And so all Satan could do is stand back and watch God bless Job. And as long as that hedge of protection was up, um, Job never experienced any kind of um, um, evil befalling him, himself or his family. Uh, they just experienced the blessing of God. There was no sickness there. Um, you know, there was just, everything was just going well, basically, because that hedge was up. And so Satan complained to God and he said, I can't get to this guy because you put this hedge up. Um, and then we know about the incident when God said, okay, I'll take the hedge down in certain areas. But under the new covenant, it is incumbent upon the, the believer to put our own hedge up. Under the old covenant, the saints couldn't put a hedge up. They didn't have authority over Satan and his realm. Um, it was never taught to the Old Testament saints to give no place to the devil and to resist the devil and he would flee from you. Uh, that was that is only taught the concept is only taught under the new covenant the reason being because Jesus has given to us his authority in the earth the Old Testament saints did not have the authority of Jesus in the earth and the New Testament saints do and so God doesn't put the hedge up anymore he expects the saint themselves to put their own hedges up because why because the saint has been given the tools to do exactly that. We have been given the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. We've been given authority over all of the power of the enemy. And so we have the ability to put the hedge up. And so with the world be saying prevention is better than cure, it is certainly scriptural for the saint to actually take um, these particular, because I'm going to be quoting um, in each one of the five areas now, I'll be quoting one scripture. 
but there are numerous scriptures in the Bible that deal with these same areas. And so what the saints should be doing is, I think we mentioned it earlier, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on the earth, he quoted Psalm 91 over his life. And as a result, Satan couldn't get access to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is really what the, the first prize in the life of the believer, when to take these scriptures, believe them, and then apply them in our lives. In other words, we have to quote them over our lives, place that hedge of protection around our lives and the lives of those who fall within our sphere of influence, and thus put that hedge up. And so Satan then cannot gain access to the life of the believer. That's why the scripture says to the New Testament saying, give no place to the devil. It is up to us to put the, the hedge up. Um, God doesn't say, no, not to worry, I'll make sure the devil has no place in your life. He doesn't say that. He says to the New Testament saying, you saint, give no place to the devil. I've given you this ability. I've given you my authority. I've given you my name. I've given you my word. I've given you everything you need. You have authority over him. Now don't give him any place. And so that's what we want to um, that's the place that the Christian really should be at. But as I say, most, not most, but a lot of Christians are ignorant about these truths, and so Satan takes advantage of them and exploits them in these areas. Um, a lot of saints know the truth, kind of, but they don't really believe it. And so again, because of their lack of faith, that word doesn't work for them. And so Satan, once again, takes advantage of them and exploits them in these areas. And so we need to know what God's Word says, we need to believe what God's Word says, and apply that to our lives. Now, as we do, we will then experience uh, our own hedges of protection going up, and we will be able to deal with all the wiles of the devil. And so the first area what we want to look at today is the area of sin. And so as, as Christians under the New Covenant, we must stand against sin. We have this ability to stand against sin. It's, a very, uh, it's one of Satan's favorite tools that he uses to come against the life of the believer. Is the, the, the area of sin. He is called the tempter. His title is, one of his titles is, to, is the tempter because he's, he tempts the believer to, to commit sin. Because if he can get the believer into sin, well then the door is open for him. And he knows that. And so that's the avenue he comes at. And we said he comes against the believer in one of two ways. Either through the evil day, through whatever suffering he can bring into the believer's life, or through the wiles of the devil. In other words, he comes through temptation. He tries to get the believer to commit sin. And so the scripture, and again, as I, I'm just quoting one scripture for every area we're touching on. There are numerous scriptures, especially in the New Testament, that deal with each one of these uh, particular areas and so you know you can pick up more on them but the scripture we'll pick up on this point is in Romans chapter 6 verse 14 to 18 the scripture says for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace what then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace certainly not verse 18 and having been set free from sin you became slaves of righteousness. And so it is very clear to us under the new covenant that we have been set free from sin. Sin doesn't have dominion over us. Why is that? The old man has died. The new man has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 
If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. And we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And we've dealt with that we, we read earlier in the series. The fact that Jesus um, took upon himself our sin so that we can take upon ourselves his righteousness. And so it is very possible and it is um, it's, it's, it's required of New Testament saints to not commit sin, to walk free from sin, because we have this ability to do that. That's why he says, sin shall not have dominion over you. And he says, having been set free from sin. And so whenever the, the, the tempter comes along to the believer and tempts you, that he wants you now to commit sin, well, then you to now take the word of God and take the name of Jesus and quote the word of God and say, no, Satan, I'm not going to commit sin. I have been set free from sin. I've been made a slave of righteousness. And sin does not have any dominion over me. And the scripture says, and I do not let sin reign in my mortal body. And so it's all up to the believer to do that. Now, when the believer quotes the word of God to Satan in the name of Jesus and tells, you know, you must understand, when temptation comes, it comes from a source. There, there is an unclean spirit out there in the spirit realm that is trying to persuade the believer to step out into sin. And so we deal with that spirit. Jesus spoke to the devil, and he, when he spoke to him, he said, it is written. And so that's what we do. We recognize where the temptation is coming from, and we, we speak to that unclean spirit in the name of Jesus, quoting the word of God, that sin has no dominion over me, and so I do not commit sin. Um, and when we do that, then what happens is that unclean spirit that is trying to tempt the believer to commit sin is forced to withdraw. That's what happened with, with, with our Lord Jesus and the devil. He left him. And so you know, he'll, he'll, he, he did try to tempt the Lord three times, but nevertheless he eventually left because there was no way in. The hedge was up. And so that's what we're to do as well. Whenever we are faced with temptation to commit sin, we're to take the word of God dealing with sin, and we're to quote that in the name of Jesus and say to Satan, I'll not, I will not be tempted to commit sin, for I have died to sin. And I've been made alive to righteousness in Christ Jesus. And that's where the Christian is called to walk. Because as I say, this is one of Satan's favorite uh, avenues, because he knows that if he can get the believer to commit sin, well then that's opened a whole door to him. That he can now come in and start to um, exploit the believer in whatever area he so chooses, kind of, because now he's, he's in and doors open. And so sin is not to be part of the believer's life. Righteousness is part of our life. And so when we're walking in righteousness, walking in the light, as Christ is in the light, well then, the hedge is up and Satan can't get in. And so that's the, one of the very first areas. And that's again, this is an area that a lot of Christians struggle in. Why do they do that? Because most Christians don't believe that they can walk free from sin. They have believed the lie from Satan that it is impossible not to sin. Um, the, the, the saying is taught to the church, we're all just sinners saved by grace, and that's not true. The Bible never calls this, the New Testament believer a sinner. They call, we're called saints. And so under the New Covenant, we have 
full ability to walk free from sin. And so, as I say, ignorance in this area, Satan then exploits and takes advantage of Christians because they believe that you know sin is just a part of life. They're going to commit sin. And so they, you know, when the tempter comes, they commit sin because they think, well, they have no real authority in this area. And so Satan keeps them in ignorance because he knows if he can do that, he can exploit them, he can take advantage of them as much as he likes. But for the saint who does believe the word of God on the subject and confesses that word, and remember again what I've said, that prevention is better than cure. Give no place to the devil. Confess this over your life, that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you've died to sin. That's the type of confession we should be making over our lives all the time. Because when we do that, what we're doing is that hedge is going up and Satan has no way in. And so that's the first area that uh, we can and should exercise our authority in the earth over our adversary, the devil, the tempter who would try and tempt us to commit sin. The second area is the area of sickness. Now, Satan, this is another one of his favorite tools. Um, the, on, you know, it's not unheard of for Satan to put symptoms of sickness upon the bodies of believers to test their faith in this area. Now, if the believer doesn't have, if the believer's ignorant in this area, let's just read the passage of Scripture. And again, I'll say I've only picked up one passage for each area. There are numerous passages in the scriptures that deal with the same subject. But in this one we'll pick up Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, 16 to 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And then 1 Peter uh, 2.24 says, By his stripes we were healed. And so I said, there's, there's numerous uh, Galatians uh, 5, 6. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And every sickness and disease is under the curse of the law. And so here we go in another area now. And a lot of Christians are ignorant in this area. They are ignorant about the truth that they, um, Satan has no authority to put sickness on the body of Christians. Why? Because... By his stripes we were healed, and he himself bore our sicknesses and carried away our diseases, and he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So when Jesus went to the cross for us, not only did he bear our sin, carry the, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So not only did with our sins placed upon him, but by his stripes we were healed. And so Satan has no right, just as he has no right to put sin on a believer because we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has no right to put sickness on a believer. But if the believer is ignorant about what God's word says on the subject, Satan takes advantage of the believer and exploits the believer in this area and puts sickness on their bodies. Now if the believer is aware of what God says on the subject but doesn't exercise their faith in this area, well again it's tantamount to the same thing. The door is still open for Satan to come and put sickness and disease upon the body of that, of that believer. And most Christians um, view sickness and disease as a part of life. They do not believe uh, the Word of God on the subject that you know, sickness and disease is actually not a part of my life. Just as most Christians do not believe that sin is not a part of the believer's life, so they do not believe that sickness is not a part of the believer's life. And so their hedge is never put up 
in these areas. And so they are always uh, being exploited by Satan in these areas. But for the believer who knows the Word of God in this, in this area and it believes the Word of God in this area, well then, that hedge is now up. But it's, it, even amongst those believers, because again, the believer who believes that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and are free from sin, they're not immune to be tempted. Satan will try to tempt the believer. Satan tried to tempt the most righteous person who ever lived, Jesus Christ. And so he will try to tempt the believer as well. But we can resist him. That's what we do. We resist him. And he then flees from us. In this area as well, it's not unheard of that Satan will put symptoms of sickness upon the body of a believer who believes that God has made provision for them to walk in divine health. And so when that happens, the, the believer is to take the Word of God, quote the Word of God, and stand their ground. And that symptom has to leave. Because that symptom has come from one source only. It's come from our enemy, Satan. He sent a demon down there, and the demon has come to that person's body, and he, that person's body has now been afflicted. And so the person should now, the believer should now stand against that, resist the devil, and he will flee from him. And that those symptoms of sickness will then depart, have to depart, because the Word of God is true. And so again, the way that we deal with this, we quote the Word of God in the name of Jesus, and we deal with the sickness, and we deal with the demon that is trying to place sickness on the body of that believer. But again, prevention is better than cure. Confess the Word of God over your life daily, as our Lord confessed Psalm 91 over his life. And that hedge stays up, and so the symptoms can't even then be placed on believers in those instances. And so that's the other area. So there's the two areas we've looked at so far, the area of sickness and